bless them, Lord.
Amen. They're ready to reach it. I can tell. Bless the Lord. Thank you. 
for that good singing. And we want to thank the Lord also for offering us. Giving us the opportunity to give to Him and freely giving us all things that pertain to this life. <laughs> Lucia here, she's volunteered to take up the offering. I'm going to ask the Lord's blessings on it. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege, Lord, to give unto you. It's freely given us all things that pertain to this life, Lord. How true it is we come to this world with nothing. And everything we've got, Lord, we just borrow. Lord, just to say thank you, Father, we take up an offering, Lord, to use not only, Lord, to keep the doors and lights on, the doors open, but also, Lord, to do the work of God. We pray you bless this offering. Thank you for Lucy, Lord, volunteer, Lord, to take it up. We ask this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, honey. Thank you. Don't forget to remember uh, Joe, Monday morning, uh, you know, We'll be going early. It's a good time to pray. I like to pray early. I get up early every morning and pray. But remember Joe, I forgot about Judy and Geraldine, but I prayed for them at the house. Just forgot them in Sunday school prayer this morning. Uh, we got so much to pray about. Our plate's pretty much full. But uh, we want to pray for all those that are in need of prayer. What a blessing. Sister Stavani walked in here this morning. She called me on the way to church and she said, where are you at? I said, I'm on my way to church. She said, I am too. I might be a little late, but she said, I'm coming. I told her, I said, be careful. She was, she's here. Amen. Amen. Good to see her. Glad to have her here today. Uh, you know, this is February the 25th. Uh, this is an election year. And I'll just forewarn you, I don't know about the calendar of God, but I do believe it's going to be some some events happened this year, just looking at the open border, just looking at the fentanyl deaths, just looking at the schools, uh, and such, uh, I don't know, being a, 
indoctrinating our young people with nonsense and churches just seem like Lord they've left uh, the word of God they've, they've left uh, the work of God just chasing after devils to be honest with you but but uh, this is probably going to be a, a defining year uh, when I say that I tell you like Peter said be vigilant be sober or your adversary the devil walk about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour there in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 Keep your eyes open this year. Watch your backs. There's right. stuff going on. It ought not be going on. Jesus looked upon Jerusalem and He wept over it. And He said uh, that they missed the time of their visitation and, and uh, that the house was going to be left unto them desolate. And the things they'd done that, uh, that interrupted the peace that belonged to them. I think America's kind of in that category right now. I'm reading a book. Tammy's got one also. I can't believe I'm ahead of her. But I'm on page 255. But just reading that book, the things that the book called Perilous Times, uh, Deep Truths for Shallow Waters by uh, William Grady. She bought the book immediately. And as much as I hate reading, being in a nursing home with my wife all day long, I bought that book. I've done quite a bit of reading there in that nursing home. And been a few times I had to lay it aside. The truth was just too much. But uh, they're not going to go away. Uh, we're living in a time of prophecy. Uh, Israel became a nation in 1948. And they got possession of their land in 1950. But the, the clock of God has been running ever since Israel became a nation again. And when it, the Lord was asked about what should be the signs of the last days there in Matthew 24, He gave them a lot of things to think about. Well, one of them, he said, the parable of the fig tree. When it's yet tender, put it forth its leaves. And uh, he said, I tell you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. He's speaking about Israel. Now, I was born in 54. They got possession of land in 1950. Uh, and like I said, I just turned 70, which ain't, that's young to some of y'all and old to others. But, uh, that the days of our years, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 90, verse 10, are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score, that's talking about Israel. Uh, you know, the possibility it could go to 80 years is possible. And uh, anyway, uh, when I say the possibility of it going 80 years, they've already been a nation uh, 70 Five, 76 years, depending on where you go from 48 to 50. I mean, if you're going by 50, it'd be 74 years. But that, that tribulation is thrown in there too. He said all these things will be fulfilled. So you throw seven years in with, with uh, 50 years and you got, you know, uh, 76 years uh, right there at the door of uh, 80. But if you go back to 48, you're looking at 80 years right now. And uh, I know the Lord's going to come in the spring. You can read about that in the book of Solomon. Uh, it, it's Song of Solomon there, not the book of Solomon, but the Song of Solomon. It says, Awake my love and come away. I think it's so Song of Solomon chapter 4. He's going to come in the spring of the year. And I've looked every spring for quite some years. But I do believe we've gone about as far as things can go. I mean, something's got to give. You know, I have to admit, buddy, 
Uh, they say this planet is so many million years old. If it was, we'd be hanging off of it somewhere. There wouldn't be enough ground for all of us to stand on. And uh, they've tried to disprove God, but there's just no way to do away with Him, no way to disprove Him. Thank God He is on the throne, it's above every throne. Thank God there ain't even a spiral that falls that His eye don't see it, nothing that passes His eye. And uh, He's in complete control. He's got this all covered. If you're saved, you're in good shape. If you're not saved, I wouldn't be dragging my feet. I'll tell you right now, things are closing. Uh, this is going to be a rough year. I'm not going to deny that. We'll take our text out of Job chapter 23. I, I struggled this morning. I did. Ordinarily, I'm at the top of my game. And I had every intention this morning preaching out of 1 Peter chapter 2. But we're going to Job, Job chapter 23. Book of Job, right in front of the book of Psalms. Job chapter 23. And remember I told you I'm just a messenger boy anyway. But uh, we were kind of interrupted on where we were going to go with 1 Peter chapter 2. We were going to preach out of that this morning. And I felt like we needed to go this direction. I, I have to admit, I will be praying here in a minute for the help of God. Because I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. Job chapter 23, uh, we'll read the first 12 verses here. <clears throat> says, Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my calls before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. Where the righteous might dispute with him, uh, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. And this is our text verse here. On the left hand, where he doeth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth, more than my necessary food. And we'll stop our reading right there. Our text there is in verse number 9. And I'm preaching this morning on where God works. And trust me, He's working even right now. I mean, while men sleep, God still works. Uh, Father, we thank You, Lord, for the privilege to stand. Lord, in this day we're living in, Father, day of apostasy. A day, Lord, of of uh, corruption and and uh, nonsense, Lord. Just so much going on today that I don't understand. Other than the Word of God says that in the last days, Lord, it would be perilous times. And we see, Lord, the fulfillment of Your Word. Uh, we see things going on today that ought not be going on. We see, Lord, trials and troubles, and and Lord, we see, Lord, Father, things coming. Lord, there's nothing we can do about them but just hold on like Sister Viner requested, hold on to God's 
unchanging hand. And Lord, that's about the only option we've got. And Lord, I pray, dear God, today for your help. I confess before you, before these people, that Lord, I just don't feel prepared uh, for the hour, Lord, that, that I'm in right now. And I just pray, God, Lord, you'd preach to me and through me. Give unto me, Lord, to give unto these that are before me and these that might be listening by way of the internet, by way of the live stream. Uh, we hope and pray to be a blessing. We hope and pray to be able to help someone, Lord, to be a help to someone. And we ask all these favors in Jesus' precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, preaching this morning on where God works. And uh, I remember when God started working in my family, Brother Jerry, I mean, I, I, I got saved at the age of 34 years old, but God started working in my family when I was just a little young boy, just a toy of a boy. Uh, my grandfather, Edgar Gunnels, uh, he he lived back behind us there, Brother James. Uh, I'm going to say he was in his 80s. I mean, I don't know. I was young, and when you're young, you don't pay a lot of attention. But Sister Bonnie, I can remember my grandfather coming up there and knocking on our back door. And uh, that was my mother's father. And he'd come in and plead for my mom and my dad to get in church, to get me in church. And then uh, he'd cry, Lord, big old tears, and plead with them. And, and uh, they, like most people, you know, they just stubborn. And uh, they, they wouldn't even say, I want to come. I won't surprise you. Uh, they just said, well, thank you for coming and, and uh, asking us. But uh, my grandfather, boy, he cooked moonshine over there on the hills of Tennessee, Brother James. He took me over one day down what they call Gunnels Hollow. We drove down in that old 67 GMC pickup truck of his. And uh, he said, right up there on that hill up there, he said, there's some caves up there. And he said, I used to cook moonshine up there. I'm glad God saves people that are sinners. Amen? Amen. But he got saved in a big way, Sister Sharon. And he loved the Lord. And he understood a whole lot more than anybody to give him credit for. But he'd leave. Mom and Dad, I can't repeat what they'd say about him. But even though they'd say the things they said about him, Sarah, God was working in our family. Amen. We were kind of sitting at the right. You know what I mean? Instead of getting on board, instead of pulling up a chair, we was kind of closing the door. But I remember my grandfather pleading with my mom and with my dad. And I thank God for that pleading. You know, even though we weren't where we needed to be, God was working in our family way, way back then. Amen. And they dread the phone ringing, it'd be him. And they dread the door knocks, hoping it wasn't him, but it'd be him. And he had a burden for his daughter, my mother. Had a burden for his grandson, me. Had a burden for his uh, son-in-law, my dad. And uh, you know what? I'm just glad God worked in our family. Amen. And I think he does a lot of work and that we don't pick up on. But looking back, uh, I had done forgot all about really about God working through my grandfather. Uh, I, I remember after I got married, uh, we moved right next door to my mom and dad. Of course, my grandfather still lived where he did. Sybil, and here he come. And I'm out there drinking, you know, Plattsburgh River in a bottle, you know. And I seen him coming. I put him behind my back, and here he come. Come right straight to me. Walked up to me and said, Horsefly, I'm praying for you. I want you to get saved. I'm sitting there thinking, Papa, yeah, maybe one of these days, but not now. And I was a young man. I'm thinking like, you know, maybe 80-something, I might get saved. 
That's a selfish thought. A lot of people right. do that. Amen. Just not now, not today. Right. You know, yeah. uh, really, the Bible says, seek ye right. the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It wasn't on my agenda. It wasn't in my mind to, to get right with God. But I'm glad God wouldn't like me. Uh, he was working. working in my family. And he left. You know, even though I mean, I'm looking at tears dripping off his cheeks. He said, if you ever change your mind, horse fly, come down there to my house. He said, I'll personally introduce you to Jesus. And I thought, well, hell, I thought anytime I want to, I can get saved. And salvation is actually not a convenient thing. Felix told Paul, Paul, when I have a more convenient season, I'll call for you. And, and you know, it sounds like it would be like that, but actually God's got to work on you. Yeah, he's got to, the preparation hearts of the Lord. He's got to work on you to prepare you to receive His forgiveness and His salvation. Amen. I couldn't even get lost without the help of God. But anyway, uh, uh, He left, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, anytime I want to, I can get saved, Brother Eric. It wouldn't do long. My grandfather passed away, and boy, my, my hope went way down. Yeah. And I thought, well, the only person that really cared about me was my grandfather, and he's gone, but I was wrong. There were others that cared about me, and God's still working in our family. And, uh, you know, I remember a, a preacher coming to our house one time, Brother Jerry, and uh, he knocked on our door, and my dad answered the door, and it was a, you know, a young guy, and uh, Daddy, he was trying to be, you know, respectful and polite, James. And he said, well, preacher, he said, he's inviting Dad to come to church. He said, preacher's like this. He said, I work all week long. He said, I'm off on the weekend. And most time, he said, I go fishing on Sunday. And the preacher had a little bit of salt uh, to him. The Bible says God makes his ministers a fire. And he told my dad, he said, there ain't no fishing holes in hell. And Daddy slammed the door back about three feet from where it normally was. And I can't repeat what he said, but he said, blankety, blankety, blank. That's why I'm fishing now. You blankety, blank, blank, get out of here. But you know what? God didn't give up. Even with all of that going on, even with all that resisting, all that rebelling, all of that rejecting that we did uh, concerning God, I'm glad he never gave up on us. And not only did God work through my uncle, I mean my grandfather, but my uncle Benny, daddy's brother, We'd always go fishing on Sunday, and Daddy's brother Benny'd go with us, and we just we just rotten sinners. All of us was. We go down there and pick up Benny, and, and uh, we joke, you know, about going fishing. Their family, you know, Benny's wife did go to church, but anyway, we went fishing that Sunday, and, and lo and behold, a tree fell down there. I ain't, I'm couldn't story a little short here. A tree fell down, and, and uh, we just got there. Benny got all set up. Uh, lit him up a big cigar, put him in his mouth, tilted his hat down, and he sat there with his arms crossed, his feet crossed, and right down the banks of the Green River right there to turn the hole, and a tree up there broke and come down that bluff, and it looked like a fly swatter. It slammed on Benny about, I don't know, at least three or four times. Then it got real quiet. I looked at my dad, I thought, is he dead? And finally it moved, that big pile of brush moved, and Benny come crawling out underneath it, throw that broke cigar in the river and picked up what was left of that hat and then broke rod and reels and he said I'm ready to go with y'all are and we went and the next time I see my Uncle Benny he was knocking at the back door like my grandfather and uh, Daddy said come on in and Benny come in the house and he had a Bible and he said Bobby that's his brother and my dad 
He said, Bobby, I love you. I want you to get saved. He said, I, I bought you a Bible. I want you to read it. Dad took that Bible and threw it over in the corner behind the TV. And he cussed my Uncle Benny. You get out of my house, you blank to blank blank, and don't you come back. But I want you to know, uh, uh, God didn't give up. Uh, he should have. I mean, here we are scorning uh, the imitation of God. Scorning, uh, you know, the people that God's sending us in our family. And, and even though, you know, my dad shouldn't have said all what he said, uh, that brother, he never gave up. Amen. And, and you know what? Uh, then God saved a precious soul named Sandra Ford. Y'all seen her? She's been here before. Amen. Sandy never said a word. But oh, how God spoke through her. That's right. You know, uh, my wife shared the news with me about Sandy getting saved. She said, you know, in fear, really. <laughs> I just thought you might want to know. And, and I did rant and rave pretty bad there. But even more, when I got over to his house and, and I got my cousin outside and I'm giving Sandy down the road. And, uh, you know, he told me, he said, you know what, Eddie, he said, Sandy's going to get baptized two weeks from now. He said, that ain't like Sandy is. And I said, there you go. They'll have you down there working. Well, they'll have you down there baptizing you. It was the other way around. I did get baptized with Sandy. But I want you to know how God works. He worked through my grandfather. He worked through my uncle. Hey, he worked through that preacher. He worked through Sandra Ford. He doesn't give up. And there's a lot of people out there like we were. You know, they're, they're setting it. No, uh, they're, they're denying uh, all of the phone calls. They're denying all of the times that God sends someone to their house. Somebody gives them a track. All that they're setting in denial. But I'll tell you what, even though Sandy never said a word, I want you to know I went and raved and went to her house and threatened her husband. I told him, I said, buddy, you're in trouble now. It wasn't him, it's me. Right. I just didn't know it. And I left that house drunk and upset and intending to go fishing next morning uh, where, whether he went with me or not. And then God sent a little boy, a little eight-year-old boy into the bedroom of his drunk daddy. And I tell you what, you're talking about a monumental moment. Here I am still upset about my, my cousin's wife getting saved and... and you know, bragging about I'm going fishing tomorrow and you want to go fight if you don't blank to blank with you. And you know, I just did not have God in my plans at all. Amen. But he never gave up. That's right. That bedroom, open, bedroom door opened, Brother Mitchell. That's right. That little old boy walked Amen. up to Goliath, buddy. Amen. I looked at him and there's tears dripping off his little old cheeks. That little old lip was a quivering. Walked up to his drunk daddy and he said, Daddy, he said, will you please go to church with me today? And I'll never get tired of saying this. I will say this. For the first time in my life, I saw the real Eddie Wade. I saw something that God had been trying to get me to see. Now, I'm 34 years old at this time. I ain't the young boy at the 118 Newman Street. I'm at 9,000 Newman Road. But God hadn't forgotten me. And that little boy come in there, and I saw the real Eddie Wade. And even though... Boy, did it knock me for a loop. Even though I choked on the words and didn't want to say them, I still remember it come out of my mouth. Of course, Daddy, go to church here today. And he went running down the hall. Mama, Mama, Daddy's going to church with me today. And I'm back there in World War III with the devil. But I tell you what, God worked That's and right. worked That's and right. worked in our family. Amen. 
I went to church my family that day, heard the word of God preached. The Bible says, How shall we hear without a preacher? Romans chapter 10. Then I tell you what I heard the preacher preach. Not only did I hear him preach, I heard him preach a message that I didn't believe God meant for me to hear. And uh, that message was, Every idle word that men speak, they shall give account of in the day of judgment. And I want you to know, buddy, immediately this old boy got a little bit concerned about eternity, where he's going to spend it at. Thank God that God works. Thank God that He works on us. That He don't give up on us. But not only, boy, did God get me all the way to Calvary and get me saved. It's a long progress. I'm going to cut a bunch of this out. But I ended up getting saved. And then God started working not only in my family, but He started working through me. Amen. Right, amen. In the Sunday school class this morning, I hadn't even thought about this. I was telling Brother Eric in Sunday school this morning, the guy put a, my uncle Doyle on my, I would, I might as well tell his name, he's gone anyway, Doyle Mathis. He was dying of cancer. <coughs> and I hadn't been saved long, but I'd been fasting and praying. And Doyle was in my prayers. I was fasting and praying for him that God would heal him. And the only thing I can make out of this, I mean, I have to admit, I ain't got it all figured out. The only thing I can make out of this, Sister Sharon, was God wanted to show me why he couldn't answer my prayer. I mean, I, I lost 40 pounds fasting. I wasn't just fasting for Doyle. I was fasting for my dad. But I wasn't letting up. I wasn't giving up. And I'm praying. And God really put it in my heart to go see my Uncle Doyle. And I go over to Walnut Street. And I got to his house, pulled his driveway. He's out in the front yard talking with his neighbor. And I got out of the car and walked up to him. And I said, he's dying of cancer. And I said, Doyle, I really believe if, if you take your situation to the Lord, He'll help you with that. His, his neighbor said, Doyle, this young man's telling you right. What he said to us is pretty profound. He said, no. He said, they'd come out with a new pill. Now, trust that new pill. I was his pallbearer within a month. That's right. You see, I mean, you can pray. You can fast. But I'll tell you what, even though God uh, was working through me, I couldn't get through to my uncle Doyle. And I saw him, for lack of better words, buddy, his days were cut in half. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know where the door, he might, his last breath, I'm sure he would be a lot, full of a lot of surprises. There'll be a lot of people there we ain't expecting to be there. But I'll tell you what, I still remember speaking with him there in his front yard and I tell him, Doyle, I believe you bring your situation to the Lord. He can help you with it. But everybody don't always receive the Lord. Doyle said, no. He said, they've come out with a new pill. I'm trusting in that new pill. You better be careful what you trust in. Right. Even though God was working on me Amen. and I didn't understand it, I never did say no. When Doyle said no, I believe God said, fair enough, baby. Yes, right. Fair enough. Then God started working through me, Bonnie. Sandra's husband, Barry Ford. Sandy came to me. She's talking now. Yeah. Amen. She said, Eddie, I want you to talk to my husband about getting saved. She said, I know he'll listen to you. Mm -hmm. I just got saved. <laughs> You're talking about not knowing nothing. And about all I know was, you know, that I was saved. And she said, I want you to talk to my husband about getting saved. So I started talking to my cousin, Barry Ford. I said, Barry, I, I didn't know what to say. Amen. Maybe some of you feel uncomfortable. I'll tell you this, your family is the hardest people to win the war. Jesus said a prophet's not without honor, saving his own house and his own country. They'll listen to a stranger for they'll listen to you. Don't give up on them. Amen. Right. 
Don't give up on him. That's right. right. I went to my cousin Barry. I said, Barry, you know I love you, don't you? He's shaking like a leaf. He knew what I was up to, Tammy. He said, yeah, I know you love me. And I said, Barry, there's something I want you to do that I can't do for you. I want you to get saved, buddy. Amen. And he started going to church with his wife, Sandra. And boy, I called him, do you say? No, no, no. About three Sundays of that, civil. And, you know, I mean, God works different than we do. I want him saved like now. And with God, it's like in due time. Right. But anyway, my cousin, boy, he, 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 I could tell he wasn't too happy about me calling and inquiring. So I put it on the, I put it on there like this. I said, I'll tell you what, I want you to go to church with me next Sunday. He showed up over there. And boy, I'm glad to see him, James. I ran out there. And I said, boy, I'm so glad you come. Man. You know what he told me? He said, I've done what you told me now. He said, I want you to do something for me. You talking about taking some wind out of yourselves. That's right. right. He said, if God wants to save me, I want God to do it. I don't want nobody to come say nothing to me. Nobody to come drag me, nothing. I want God to save me if He wants to do it. I'm sitting there thinking, there's no way my cousin Barry's going to get saved. But uh, you know, things are impossible. Men are impossible with God. And uh, he come in there, and my pastor, boy, he preached up a storm. He did. I mean, I have to admit, I'm sitting there thinking, boy, Barry's going to get saved today for sure. And I'm sitting right beside him, Sybil. And he said, don't say a word. So just tears are dripping off my cheeks. That's it. I'm just sitting there weeping. Sanders on one side of him weeping. And I'm on the other side of him weeping. They gave the invitation song just as I am without one plea. And Barry, he didn't go forward. And my pastor boy, smart man. Very smart. He said, I'd like to ask right now if there's anybody in here that would request no, I'll take it back. Before my pastor said that, my the piano player, uh, Joyce Gosser, she raised her hand. Never heard her give a testimony in her life. She gave a testimony that morning, and it was about her neighbor that died. And, uh, and uh, she's talking about, you know, that, that he's in the hospital, and the, and the preacher uh, went to visit him. He said, I'll tell you what, you pray for me, God let me live, and I'll come to church, and I'll get saved. And the preacher said, Kind of like Moses, glory over me. He said, no problem. He said, Lord, let this man live. Let him come to church get saved. The man got out of church immediately. And that Sunday, he didn't come to church. And the preacher come visit him and said, I thought you said he was going to come to church. He said, I'll be there next Sunday. And Joyce's testimony, she said, Monday morning, she said the hearse backed up to his porch and carried him out of dead man. Amen. Now, when my pastor heard that, Testimony from Joe Scotser. He said, I'd like to ask everybody back here for just a second. He says, Is there anybody in here that raise your hand? That uh, you know that we might sing one verse of invitation hymn that you might get saved. And I'm sitting there still. I mean, not a word, just praying in my heart, Lord, save Barry, save Barry, save him while he's here. And all of a sudden my pastor said, Thank God for that hand. And I looked up, my cousin Barry's going to the altar, and I went up there with him. Couldn't even say a word, just weeping. Put my hand on his back. Man, I'm telling you what, I was glad to see that. What a blessing sight that was. Went outside, he said, I don't know what them over me. He said, all I was thinking is I want a cigarette, and next thing I know, my hand's up. Well, I'll tell you, I can't explain it neither. But God works like that. Sometimes He does it unorthodox. Sometimes the way He does it, somebody says, we never seen it like this before. As long as God does it, I'm okay with that, man. As long as God's in it. Not only did my cousin Barry get saved, his son Anthony Ford got saved. 
Sandy started that. You know, God working in her family. I wouldn't to God that God would work in her families. Get our lost loved ones saved. Get them to Calvary. Boy, it's everlastingly too late. Amen. Amen. Oh my, I'm seeing people get saved. Get Barry saved. Get, get Anthony saved. My mother rededicated her life. My cousin Wade Ford. Well, before I get to them, my, my little boy and my youngest daughter, uh, Bobby and Cindy Wade, they both got saved. My oldest daughter, Melina, she got saved. My mama rededicated her life. And 10 years later, my dad got saved, but he did get saved. But my cousin, Wade Ford, he moved up here from Georgia. And uh, he's riding down me in the road. And of course, I'm playing either preaching or singing. And uh, he turned it down. On my radio on my truck, I said, hey, don't turn that down. He said, I don't want to hear that. I said, you ride with me, you're going to hear it. We was going deer hunting, you know. And I said, you're going to ride with me, you're going to hear it. I love the Lord. Amen. But uh, you know what? That, he, that got through to him. Him hearing that preaching. You know what he said, sir? He said, what time does church start? He showed up. Went to the altar, rededicated his life. Called me and said, come to my house. My, my wife, she's lost. She needs to be saved. I come over there. Susan's crying her eyes out. I'm talking about boy ready. I mean, all she needed was just a word. Hey, she's bawling. Hey, I mean, I come in. It's easy to say, see my life. I said, Susan, Jesus loves you. He wants to save you. Just wait you that. She got saved right there on the couch in the living room. But when God starts working in our family, one thing we need to do is let Him do what He does. Right, right. Sometimes we can get in the way. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes we think we got it all figured out. I mean, I'm just standing you in awe, seeing all this come to be, seeing God doing all of this, and rejoicing and, and thanking the Lord. But but you know, he, he wasn't done. He just kept on. And, and you know what? Uh, all of these people come to know the Lord because God was working in our little family. Amen. 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 Job here said, he said, uh, On the left hand, where he doeth work. I'm glad God works. That's right. My pastor preached a message one time, Brother Mitchell. God works a night shift. Yeah. Sometimes he works at night. Right. Jacob woke up in the morning and he said, Surely the Lord's in this place and I knew it not. Amen. Sometimes God works in the daytime. That's right. Sometimes God works overtime. But thank God, God works. I believe God has been working in America ever since its conception, ever since its birth. I believe it's produced, you know, probably some of the greatest uh, fruits ever. This nation right here, this godly nation, this one nation under God, uh, this nation, you know, it's got in God we trust on our license plates and on our police cars and on our money. I'm not sure we still do it, but we still got it right on there. But I'll tell you what, this nation right here better be careful because God can finish a work and when He finishes that work, I'm telling you what, there'll be no more work left to do. It'll be a done deal. And I'm telling you right now, He's still working. The door's not shut. I'm telling you right now, we need to be empowered and calling and telling people, you better get in. Amen. He's still working. Amen. When He stops working, it's over. Yeah, that's right. Today, he's still working. That's 
right. I don't know how much sand's in hourglass. I just know one place it's going to stop. That's right. One place, them, them ten virgins, yep. five wise, right. five foolish, yep. Amen. five went in, five left behind. They found a shut door. Noah went in the ark. God waited seven days. God shut the door. Right. Well, I got drug out of Psalm and Gomorrah, kicking and screaming, about like the church of our day, we're in that Amen. kind of environment. I guess we're going to have to be drug out, Brother James. But I'll tell you what, after Lot got out, rain down fire and brimstone. That's right. It's over. Alright, yes, it is. I do believe <laughs> there would be urgency on the matter of our family, our friends, anybody you care anything at all about, I believe you need to either give them a gospel track, I believe you need to give them a phone call, I believe you need to go knock on their door and say, hey, it's about time. You got in church, got, got your house in order, got things fixed up. Like I said, I'm glad God worked in our family. There ain't no missing it. I mean, there's no way to explain it away. Amen. Even though we didn't understand it, I still remember God working in our family. And I believe He's still working. But I don't believe He's going to work too much longer. That's right. I make an appeal to all those that are listening by way of the internet. And all those that's listening by way of the live stream. The Bible says today, if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. It says now is the accepted time. That's right. Most not of tomorrow. You don't know what a day may bring. That's right. Salvation is not yesterday, it's gone. Right. Salvation may not be tomorrow. That's an iffy. It may be, That's and it may not be. Amen. But it's for sure the topic right. of today. Amen. You can get saved today. Amen. You can get in the family of God. Amen. You can get a home in heaven. And I, I know there's a lot of stuff going on today. A lot of people drawn this way, drawn that way. But there's one thing more important than all of that. That's right. Amen. What would the prophet of man if he gained the whole world? Lost his soul. Oh my. God's working. God's looking. A lot of people are going to be left behind. And boy, oh boys, they're going to be a weeping and a wailing when they realize they missed it, Sharon. Oh my Father, we thank you for the thought. I'm so sorry. Lord, we've done the best we could. We just try, Lord, to convey a thought, Lord, that's undeniable, Lord, how you work. Not only in my own life, but in my own family. Lord, work, God. What no denying it, no missing it. We thank you for that work of God. We pray, dear God, Lord, for our lost loved ones. I pray, God, you'll work on them, Lord. I've got a prayer I can't let go for Mark Winkwist and his family to get saved, Lord. I, I don't have to be there, but I would like to hear about it. Lord, we, we work together, Lord. He's an atheist, Lord, arrogant, sarcastic, hard to talk with. Oh, Lord, I pray for him and his family to get saved. A lot of people out there like him like that, Lord. Help them to get saved. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to deliver this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'd like to ask everybody to stand. And I don't know how the Word of God went to you. I feel a little better. But uh, if it did go to you in such a way your heart's beating like a jungle drum, well, you'll have this opportunity to get Brother Jerry, Sister Carolyn, get a song. Maybe you got a lost loved one that you want to.
Pray that they'll get saved. Hey, we'll pray with you. Oh my, I wish Landon was here. This thing, like me, it's wore out. 